Uh, and I guess I'm not a typical model. I'm I'm five seven, got grey hair. Um, I've got quite big boobs. I'm a size UK size fourteen sixteen. So I, I I think the days of certainly older typical models is is changing. Welcome to Zestful Aging, where I interview thoughtful, inspiring, and influential guests who are changing the way we think about what is possible in our lives, especially as we age. I'm your host, Nicole Christina, psychotherapist and fellow Zestful Ager. And I love to hear from you, my listeners. My website, ZestfulAging.com, makes it easy for you to leave comments and suggestions. And I really do appreciate your feedback. And I read every single one of your comments. Our music is provided by Judy Baker, Banker, who was a guest on Zestful Aging. Her CD, Buffalo Motel, was just released least last week. Find out more at judybanker.com. I know that everyone is feeling really stressed and anxious right now. We're all unsettled and feel out of control. So I created a free download for you for maintaining mental health based on my 30 years as a psychotherapist. Um, Just go to zestfulaging.com and it is all yours. Well, I've got my loyal Jack Russell Sparky right by my side, so let's begin. We have a great interview for you today. Rachel Peru began a new career as a model at the age of 46, and since turning 40, Rachel ditched the hair dye and embraced her natural silver hair and curvy figure. She's now represented by Bridge Models in London and is passionate about being Help, helping represent women over 40 in the fashion industry, especially when it comes to swimwear and lingerie campaigns. She's an amb- ambassador for the charity Be Real, a body confidence activist and involved in the Mind Charity, which focuses on improving mental health. Welcome to the show, Rachel. Hello, thank you very much for having me. Oh, I'm delighted. Now you call yourself a body confidence activist. Can you tell us what that means? Yeah, I mean, I guess I I wasn't um, body confident um, in my 20s and 30s. And it wasn't until I hit my 40s that I got this new lease of life. It's taken, you know, it's been quite a journey. And during that time, I've realized that it's quite common for women, particularly over 40, to lose their confidence, particularly with their body, because your bodies are changing and we're going through different hormonal imbalances with the menopause. And so I suppose I started by, through my modelling, by modelling swimwear and lingerie, and I got so much positive feedback from other women saying it's fantastic to see people our age getting out there and doing it and how it inspired them to feel more confident that that encouraged me to do it even more so now I try whenever I can to champion women our age um, in swimwear and lingerie to try and boost everybody's confidence and get people out there to stop worrying about the odd lump and bump and cellulite to just accept themselves for who they are. Uh-huh. Now, tell us how this began. How did you have the opportunity to start modeling at 46? I would never have done this in my 20s and 30s. I was really shy. Um, I actually went back to university when I was 40 um, after getting divorced. 
and I actually was going to do teaching so I started being a nursery teacher and during that time I'd started modelling in a local fashion show just annually. Um, First year I did it I was super nervous, second year I did it I got more confidence and I've done it for 10 years now and the photographers kept saying you know you're really photogenic why don't you think about doing it and I really had no ambitions to, to get into this line of work at all. It's kind of fallen upon me, uh, which I'm really grateful for. It's an amazing opportunity. Um, but my, my eldest daughter actually became um, quite ill with acute anxiety. So I stopped teaching for a while. So I was at home not really doing very much. So that was when, when I thought, well, actually, let's see what happens and let's give this a go and see if I can make it work. And to my delight and surprise, I got picked by a London agency and have just embraced it and seeing where it goes. And I love it. You, your life has really changed in middle age. You talked about a divorce. You went back to university and expected a whole different career path. Yes. And it, it, this is not what you had in mind. Not at all. And it's funny because in my 20s and 30s, I didn't, I didn't really have a career I, I kind of drifted from retail jobs, you know, different retail jobs, and I wasn't sure really what I wanted to do. Um, I've got three kids, and I loved being a mum and, and bringing the children up. And then it did get to 40, and I did have that kind of moment where I thought, well, you know, what am I going to do with myself now the kids are growing up? So to me, I, when I was younger, I'd like to have done teaching, so I thought, well, I'll go start doing that. And once I got into that industry, I really enjoyed it. So I thought, well, yeah, I'll go and do a degree. So that was for me in my head, I think I just thought, well, you know, I'll, I'll teach until I'm kind of in my sixties and that will be my career for the last 20 years of working. Um, so to get into modeling now and doing the things I'm doing is, yeah, I certainly wasn't expected or planned and I love it. <laughs> That's so interesting. You know, uh, I read many, many years ago an article uh, about a, a typical model's life. And um, they talked about how, you know, it all looks so glamorous. And these are the kind of models that are, are much more the standard model, models. Uh, and it talked about this woman living in New York who lived on coffee and cigarettes Mm -hmm. to keep her, you know, her very thin uh, body shape. And but you're doing something radically different than that. Can you talk about the culture of modeling um, in the environment where where you are right now? Yeah, I'm certainly not doing any of that. Mm. (laughs) Although I do have decaffeinated coffee now. So that's that's an improvement. (laughs) Yeah, and I think it's probably harder for the younger generation. And obviously, it's difficult to know what's going on with the younger models. I suspect they are still, there is still that kind of breed of model that that has to be really mindful about what they eat. And I think when it gets to my age, the, the beauty of it is I've accepted myself for who I am and I really don't want to change for anybody. And so if somebody came to me and said, listen, you've got to lose two stone before you can get a job then I wouldn't do it it's just not something I would entertain so I think it's probably easier mentally to be an older model and I think times are changing where people want to relate to women that they recognize and see in themselves we are all different shapes and sizes uh, and I guess I'm not a typical model I'm I'm five seven got gray hair um, I've got quite big boobs I'm a size UK <laughs> size 14 16 so uh-huh. I, I I think the days of certainly older typical models is is changing 
Mm. Are these conversations that you have with your fellow models about what it's like to be doing this in middle age? And yeah. Not, yeah? Uh, quite a few of my friends that I've made through modeling, my, our age group, um, are very much like me. They've started modeling in their 40s. So they, or some of them might have done it when they were younger and then stopped um, and are now going back to it. And that's interesting to talk to them because obviously they were models when they were younger. And I do have conversations with some of them where they said, you know, I stopped for my own mental health reasons because it was too much pressure to maintain weight and to look a certain way. So now they're going back to it in their 40s and 50s. It's a very different environment. You know, the irony, I'm sure, which you have already thought of is that it sounds like by modeling, you were really able to accept more of yourself than you had been previous to your model career. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's about pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. And I think I'm a great believer in that. Um, Since turning 40, I've done all sorts of things, not necessarily through modeling, but things that have pushed me out of my comfort zone and every time you do that it builds confidence so obviously the first time I did a lingerie shoot I was petrified because I just thought you know how am I going to look I don't want to look at the pictures I feel uncomfortable and to be honest now I am more than comfortable in fact it's one of my favorite modeling jobs to do if I get a lingerie campaign I love it mm-hmm. hello zesties I want to tell you about one of my all-time favorite exercise and stress reduction tools, which I am really relying on during this quarantine, but I've sung its praises for years. The benefits are seemingly endless. Uh, It's great for toning and strengthening muscles. It improves your lymph system, your metabolism. It helps with joint pain and balance, and it's even used by NASA astronauts because it's such an efficient way to exercise. And if you're older or you're worried about your balance, you can order a stabilizer bar to hang on to. I'm talking about my NEDAC Rebounder mini trampoline. I put on my music and I have my own dance party. Because for me, exercise needs to be fun and invigorating. Otherwise, I don't want to do it. Now is not the time for the philosophy of no pain, no gain, because we're in enough pain. This is a way to feel good and energized and have fun. It really does help mood as well. And I like that NEDAC is made in the USA and it is really solid. I've had mine for 15 years and it's still in great shape. The NEDAC Rebounder will help us get through this quarantine in better shape mentally and physically. And there's also a model that folds up if space is an issue. One of my clients puts it on her driveway and uses it while she's watching her kids during the quarantine. Anyway, I can't recommend NEDAC Rebounders enough. They are a worthwhile investment in your health and overwhelm overall well-being especially now if you are interested in a mini trampoline please don't buy a cheap one those can be actually dangerous and it is really worth 
uh, investing in a good quality one. And right now, if you use the coupon code just for Zestful Aging listeners, the code is Zestful, they are going to include a free cover for you. So go to NEDAC.com. It's N-E-E-D-A-K. And if you have any questions, you can contact me at zestfulaging.com. I really am their biggest fan. You said that since you've been 40, you've pushed yourself out of your comfort zone. What are the kinds of things that you've done that that have surprised you? Um, For my 40th, I jumped out of a plane at 14,000 feet and did a tandem (laughs) skydive (laughs) for charity. That's a good place to start. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm terrified of heights. And so for me, it was a huge challenge. And I actually have done it twice now. Um, I wouldn't do it again, I might add. But that for me was a real turning point because whenever I got scared about life after that, I kind of, I banked it in my head. So it was always a case of, okay, but you've just did a tandem skydive. So if you can do that, you can do this. Mm. So I think it's about banking those things to kind of boost your confidence each time you have a wobble. Mm-hmm. And, and what made you decide to start with, you, you couldn't have done something like maybe take a trip to an exotic yeah. place. You decided to jump out of a plane instead. What what made you decide to do what I think most of us would consi- be considerably the ultimate test of, uh, you know, courage? Um I think it had to be something extreme uh-huh. for me to to take that step. And I had just come out of um, a marriage that I'd been in that relationship for, you know, since I was 15, 16 years old to 39. So that was a huge chunk of my life to then suddenly be on my own and to try and learn about myself again. And so I think for me, it was always going to be something that was going to be a big challenge. I did travel as well. I actually went um, with some charities and worked in Uganda and India for a couple of years doing different, you know, in holidays for two or three weeks in orphanages. So I did do some of the the less extreme things as well and learned a lot about myself through that. Well, that's still, I I think, in the extreme category. What what was that like for you, Rachel, to go to Uganda and some of these developing countries and work in orphanages? Um, amazing. I, I, I was blown away by their resilience and their love that they offer everybody and their kindness. And it really is quite humbling and it makes you appreciate life that little bit more, I think. Um, it's hard to, to see some, particularly children, you know, struggling, but they do it with they're getting on with life and they've just, it's the resilience. I think that taught me a lot about resilience. Mm -hmm. Have you always been interested in children's development? Because it's not, you were going to be a teacher for kindergarten or nursery kids. Yeah. But when I left school, when I was kind of 18, I either wanted to go to drama school and I chickened out or I wanted to do teaching. And I took a year out and went to work in a, in a, in a shop, um, I started earning money and then life just took a different turn and I never did any of those things. So I think at the back of my mind, probably teaching was always something that was in me um, and that I was interested in. So to go back into the nursery teaching age, the younger children, um, and to get a degree in education studies, that was something that was probably in me and a desire that I really needed to fulfil. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And now you're involved in the charity Be Real. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I'm an ambassador for the charity. Um, it's It focuses on trying to, I suppose, educate young children and young teenagers, young adults, about the fact that we are all different and there isn't this perfect image. Uh, particularly in social media these days, we're bombarded by you've got to look this tanned, you've got to have the perfect smile, you've got to have a six pack, you've got to have, and, and social media is all kind of heightens all that. So the Be Real campaign, it works very much with people like myself and there's so many different ambassadors that are saying, well, actually, I don't look like this. Um, this is what I've achieved. And these are my photographs and I'm not edited and I'm not um, changing the way I look for you. This is real. So it's about highlighting the differences in everybody and, and again, accepting yourself. Mm. Yes, the acceptance. And it sounds like one part of that is the body acceptance. And this all kind of works together and and all of your efforts. Talk a little bit about Mind Charity. I'm not actually, um, I'm involved in it at the moment only because I'm raising some money through a campaign called Red January. Mm -hmm. Um, It's with a magazine called Red. And every January, they team up with Mind Charity and you can raise money for them, which is what I'm doing this month. So every day in January, you have to commit to half an hour's exercise um, and tick it off. And then at the end of the month, I will donate some money for them. And for me, it's brilliant because I'm not big on New Year's resolutions. I find January throws a lot of pressure on people to suddenly say, I'm going to change the way I look this month. I'm going to lose the weight. I'm going to do this, that, the other. And I think a lot of the time you're setting yourself up to fail. Whereas Red January for my charity is more about if you just do half an hour exercise, it will lift your mood. It will get you out and be active. It will make you feel better. And it's it's taken away that pressure of thinking you've got to suddenly transform who you are because that's not what it's about. So I have really enjoyed it so far. I'm, I'm kind of um, going out walking, but which I do regularly anyway, but it's making me go for longer walks and different places, which has been nice. And you're um, a dog walker, am I? Yeah, I, I love saw dogs. your yes, <laughs> I, I saw some of your pictures that you said you were getting a little bored of the same dog walk, so you were happy to try a different trail. Yeah, definitely. Because um, you just get into a routine and, and it's nice to step out of that because that just gives you a lift as well. So, you know, the weekend with friends, we did a six mile walk um, somewhere that I don't normally walk, which was really lovely. Um, my husband and I are going out again later on in the week. Uh, and I live in Yorkshire, so it's, but it's absolutely pouring down with rain here today and it's freezing cold, but it's making me force myself to get out and do it which is really good and it helps that the dog needs to get out it does yeah although he's 12 years old now so he'd probably quite like a lion <laughs> <laughs> i've got one right next to me oh 13 and we have a special place we go that he can go off leash and there are a lot of squirrels oh so yes we we go squirreling Oh, brilliant. uh, (laughs) There's a lot of chasing, but no catching. So um, you have also a podcast. Yes. Yeah, it's called Out of the Bubble. Uh And it started because whilst I was on Instagram initially, I was coming across so many people my age that were reinventing themselves and starting new careers and new new sports hobbies. And I know you've talked to Jo Mosley at Healthy Happy 50, and she was a huge inspiration to me. 
And so I wanted to be able to share those stories with other women because I knew what impact it was having on me. Um, so I've been interviewing, so I've not just started my third series. I've been interviewing women that have started writing and become published authors in their 50s, um, people that have taken up new sports, just a real variety for women's charities, all sorts. You know, your life sounds so rich. Yes, it is. And it's it's not necessarily well paid. <laughs> I've discovered. Rich in experience. <laughs> exactly. That, but that's, that's the difference, isn't it? And I think it's that appreciation of, because the, the podcast is a real passion project, but it's, I get so much from talking to other women and getting to hear their stories. It gives me a, a real boost in life. And my life definitely is richer for, for having all these things that I'm doing. And I, and I wouldn't swap that now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, my sense just from following you and, and looking at your posts and looking on your website and all of this is that you have a group of, you have like a posse, you have your women. And there's this, it, it comes across as feeling a sense of belonging. Yeah, I think that's one thing that surprised me, particularly about social media is there's this real kind of camaraderie and and feeling of being part of something with women on there that are super supportive of each other. Because I think women in the past sometimes have been really quite critical of each other and, and there's almost that ethos of knocking people down to make yourself feel better. And it's changing and I think there's a real support network out there now, which I do feel part of. Um, and it's lovely to have that. You know, if I'm having a wobble on, on social media, I'll put it out there and I'll... And I'll discuss it with other women and likewise I think it's 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 a brilliant time really Mm -hmm. you know speaking of wobble which is as you know a very British expression but I love it (laughs) um you you talked recently about struggling with some menopause symptoms yeah I, I have um I mean I've been perimenopausal for about four years and now I've just had some blood tests come back to say that I'm just going through the menopause just started and anxiety has thrown me that was probably the worst side effects I guess you call them um that I've discovered so far so the walking and the exercising particularly this month has been a real huge you know big help because I don't think anything prepares you for that Mm -hmm. um but everything else I am kind of just trying to not stress about it accept that it's part of the change that I have to go through um, because I think if you start worrying about all the different symptoms, then it just exasperates everything and makes it all worse. Mm-hmm. So how does the anxiety show up? Is it like feeling worried or what, is, what does it look like? Yeah, but particularly um, around travel, which is interesting because I love traveling. Um, but I get more stressed all of a sudden about if I've got to go to different places and somewhere new. I, it's that horrible feeling of waking up in the morning and almost feeling a bit sick. Um, but without really understanding why. So that's been something that I am learning to manage better. And I think mm-hmm. sleep's really important, isn't it? Because I, I, that's the other side of it that I've been struggling with is lack of sleep and waking up in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am really trying to work on getting better sleep because that obviously makes a big difference. Oh, sure. I mean, when you are when you haven't slept, everything is worse. Yeah, it really you know, is. More sensitive, more moody, you know, just everything feels off balance. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, so, uh, but it's, 
it is what it is, isn't it? You've just got to kind of embrace is the wrong word, but I'm just accepting mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. there will be it's a bit of a roller coaster because it's not every day. There are, you know, I can have a really good week where I don't have any anxiety mm-hmm. and then it will suddenly flare wow. up and yeah creeps up on you it does it it sounds like you also have a lot of women that you can uh sort of compare notes and 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 maybe get some validation from they're they're also i'm sure experiencing some similar symptoms yeah and it's when we were younger i I don't ever remember my mum talking about the menopause and she's 74 now and, and her friends talking about it whereas i do think we're really lucky now our generation women are so much more open with each other about everything so i have cl- close friends that are going through similar so we do go out and have a couple of drinks and we'll discuss what we're all going through and, and actually have a bit of a bit of a laugh about you know each other's symptoms because you've got to see the humor in life um, but particularly on social media and Twitter and Instagram, there's there's a, some really great groups of women out there that are so informative, that have information about everything that you could just tap into for free, which is brilliant. Can you share some of those groups? Because I think our listeners would be interested in accessing that. Yeah, my first one that I started, that I first discovered was Magnificent Midlife, uh-huh. um, Rachel Lancaster. Um, mm-hmm. And she has um, a great platform that, that talks about all the different things to do with the menopause, not just the physical things, but the mental different situations that, that, that might arise through it. Mm-hmm. Um, Rejuvage, um, Louise, she's really good there. What is it called? Redo? Re, rejuve. R-E-J-U-V-A-G-E. Rejuvage. Oh. Ah, clever. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Positive, oh, what's it called? Positive Pause. That's another one as well. Oh, I see. Positive Pause UK. Uh-huh. I see. So you have places you go, you have sources, and you yes. know these people are out there. I mean, I think the one of the most important things about mental health is knowing that you're not alone. Yeah, very much so. It's, um, I've just actually been able to... Um, interview somebody um, that runs a women's charity over in York for my podcast and seeing how the women can support each other and go and find some information have somebody to listen to them it makes such a big difference to people's lives mm-hmm. yeah that's so powerful so powerful you you mentioned your mom and I'm wondering how she feels about her daughter being a lingerie model she's been really really supportive um and it's interesting because my mum has been um she's been living on her own since she was 40 and she's now 74 and I have watched her her confidence has definitely risen in the last couple of years and has started to join in and do more things socially with with other groups in the in the last year and I'm sure it's because she's seeing me push myself and get myself out there so then she's making her a bit braver but she's been super supportive. She's never said, oh, Rachel, what you're wearing now, or what are you doing now? <laughs> what charity are you doing? Now? Yeah. Where are you going? Yeah. How, how did she feel about the skydiving? Um, yeah, she didn't say anything about it, actually. In fact, no, she would, she's always wanted to do a wing walk, but she's not well enough. She can't. So oh. I think I've got this slight adventurous streak from her. <laughs> 
my goodness. That's lovely, you know, that you are demonstrating for her what's possible. Yes, because I think it doesn't matter what age you are, does it? It's, you know, you, you can, there's lots of opportunities as you get older to try new things and just get out there in life. Uh-huh. Yeah. So what, what is next for you? What are the projects coming up for you that you're looking forward to? Um, I'm currently working for um, uh, with a, a charity event with a friend of mine called Silver and Sassy. Um, and it's part of York Fashion Week. So that'll be in March where we've got 14 silver grey haired models, um, just women that have volunteered that have never met each other before. Um, so we had our first kind of meeting yesterday with them and they all look fabulous. So we'll and be... was this in the cold rain? It was freezing, bless them, yeah. They were they were inside all nice and warm having their hair and makeup and then we we're like, right, we're going to have to go outside in these t-shirts and it was freezing. Uh... So I did feel a bit guilty about that, but the, the end photographs will look amazing. <laughs> oh my goodness. You know, that is such a beautiful name, Silver and Sassy. Yeah, I'm really pleased. I'm excited about it. Because uh-huh. there's this thing about grey-haired women that the society kind of pigeonholes you into a certain bracket and almost writes you off, I think. And so for us, we really wanted to do something punchy that shows that. So we're having a fashion show um, and lots of different talks about makeup and styling. And it will be very bold and bright and colourful to say we are, we're not invisible. Don't write us off. Um, and everybody's unique. Everybody's very different. So it'll be a really good fun event. I'm, re- I'm like excited about it. Mm-hmm. And you don't, obviously, you don't color your hair. Had you colored your hair previously? Yeah, I started going gray when I was about 13, 14. Ah. Um, So I dyed it right up until four or five years ago. Um, So it kind of coincided with the modeling as well, which was interesting. Mm -hmm. So um, I dyed it for years and years and years. I'd had every color of the rainbow in my hair. Um, So I'm surprised it survived so well, really. And I just woke up one morning and just thought, actually, I don't want to do this anymore. I'd like to just grow it out and let, stop colouring it. And I wish I'd done it sooner. If I'd have known how I would have felt afterwards, I would have done it sooner. Because for me, it's been a really liberating experience. And I, and I just feel like myself completely now. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you get some pushback from other people saying, oh, you know, you should color? Or yeah, you- definitely. I, 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 I put it out on Facebook um, a couple of days before I was going to the hairdressers to say, listen, I'm not going to color it anymore. Can we kind of work towards me letting it grow out gray? And although a lot of them were jokey comments, there's a lot of truth in what they were saying. They, it was very much, no, you don't do it. You're too young. You're, you can't be my friend if you're grey. Ah. Uh, you're going to look like a grandma. Um, there was, I think there was one lady who I know who had actually already gone grey and looked fantastic. She's the only person that said, yes, do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and since then, I have to say, everybody's been brilliant and said, yeah, I can't imagine when it with without grey hair now it's just just me but it wasn't a positive response at first that's for sure (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there's something so freeing about it and it's expensive there's harsh chemicals and it's so boring to sit there for so long I just feel like there's so much more fun things I could be doing 
Completely. And I was going every three weeks for a full colour. Oh, my So not goodness. only was it expensive, but it was just, like you say, it's the time. It's the time-consuming element of it that was just so boring. And, <laughs> yeah, it's tiring. So it was. it's nice now to not have to think about it. You know, I actually haven't, I realised I haven't been to the hairdressers for six months and I do need to go and get a quick trim. But, I've, you know, I've, that's unusual for me. I've never gone that long without getting mm-hmm. going to a hairdresser. So it's lovely to not have to worry about it. That is wonderful. So it's It sounds like freedom. Yes, it is. Yeah, it really is. Boy, you are such an example of someone who has come fully into their own in middle age. Yeah, I do feel more myself than I than I ever have done before probably since I was a teenager um, it's like I've come full circle and I'm quite ambitious now I'm really driven um, I'm loving everything that comes my way and trying new things uh, I, I feel like I've got a real zest for life now again uh, and I certainly don't intend to slow down I want to you know see what I can achieve in the next five ten years so touch wood. <laughs> yeah, you, I mean, there's such a vibrancy, you know, I, and I think many of us live the first part of our lives, you know, it's, it's not like it's a bad thing. And you do your, you do what you do, you have, you know, you do your life, raise your kids. And it's not like, you know, you're being tortured, but people talk about it just being not enough, not really deeply satisfying, kind of walking through it, not really embracing and enjoying and um, having a life that feels sort of delicious. Yeah, I completely, I love that word delicious. That's a great way to describe it. I, I think for me as well, it was my, my lack of self-confidence held me back from trying to do new things. And so I would always have this imagination in my head to want to do these things, but then I stopped myself from doing it because I wasn't brave enough. Mm-hmm. So to now be in this stage of life and feel brave to try new things mm-hmm. is, is really wonderful. And you had to go through it. You know, you ha- I think maybe you had to get tired of not being brave. Yes, I think, you know, and I, I don't regret any part of my, my life. It's all different stages, isn't it? Like you've said, and I think it's just this is a, this is, feels right at the moment. It feels like I'm being true to myself. There's a real authentic, authentic nature to, to myself, which I'm really happy about. Mm-hmm. And you're a model, no pun intended, but for other people to say, here it is, here are my boobs and my curves and my gray hair and I'm letting, I'm letting the flag fly. Yeah, because I think, you know, what makes me really happy is if I get a comment from another woman that says, oh, I've got a similar body to you. I haven't worn a bikini on the beach for 10 years. I'm going to go out and buy one. That to me makes everything worthwhile. That's that's an amazing, you know, feeling to think by other people seeing each other of all shapes and sizes out there. Then we all help each other build our own confidence. Well, you really flipped modeling on its head, you know, um, offering a whole new look at what's possible. Thank you. It's work in progress. <laughs> Where can people find out more about you, Rachel? Um, I'm over on Instagram at rachelperu one And I've okay. also got a website, rachelperumodel.com. 
rachelperumodel.com and that's got everything on it so it's got my blog my podcast and uh-huh. all the, the modeling work I do yeah I saw some beautiful pictures thank you on there they're so different yeah I, I think I, I love the creativity behind it that's, that's something that I'm really enjoying being creative mm-hmm. and, and just just being myself it's good fun well, I I love what you're doing. I love your energy and your, you know, your outlook. It, it's just so wonderful to hear what is what you're doing with your life. No, thank you so much, and thank you for having me on because you know I've looked up your your podcast and you have some amazing guests on, and it's just there is this real sense at the moment, isn't there, of things that are changing for the kind of over forty generation, and we're all supporting each other, and it's wonderful. Absolutely. Thank you for being on today. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us on Zestful Aging. If you like the podcast, please share it with some of your friends. I love to hear from my listeners. Send me an email at nicolechristina.com. It's no secret that everyone's feeling pretty restless and unsettled right now. Our lives are upside down and the future is feeling pretty uncertain. But if you're anything like me, organizing my stuff can help me feel a little calmer. It's something I can do to help me feel a little more in control and in charge of my own life. If you think decluttering could help you feel better and you could use a little assistance with that, check out the online course I've developed with professional organizer and designer Carrie Luteran. It's called Too Much Stuff. And Too Much Stuff is different from other courses or articles or guidance you may have used. We give you clear steps to deal with the clutter and the tools to help you face the overwhelming feelings and the emotions that come up when we're going through our clutter. And a lot of those emotions are just feeling anxious or guilty or just basically flooded with a lot of different confusing feelings. The course is really practical. It's realistic. The lessons are short and punchy, and they're really manageable. We're not trying to set you up for some long, exploratory, you know, super in-depth, burdensome experience. We want something really helpful for you right now. We all need help with our anxiety. So, Being surrounded by more calm and less chaos can really help. So now's a good time to clear out the clutter so we can focus on what's really important in our lives. So find out more at zestfulaging.com. You'll see more about this under the web courses tab. If you have any questions, just shoot me an email at zestfulaging at gmail.com. Thanks so much. And stay tuned next week for another interview with a fascinating and inspiring guest.